It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Olympic gold medalist Ryan Murphy, who just got back from Tokyo. He medaled in the 400-meter medley relay. This is his fourth gold medal. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, <laughs> we flew back yesterday, oh uh, but, but I'm really excited to be back in the U.S., well, good good evening then, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, one of the things that we were just talking about was just this Olympics has been a whirlwind of of emotions. Um, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, as an outsider, what has it been like as an athlete? I mean, mm. when when you you're training, um, you know, so many in so many sports, it's all about sort of peaking at the right moment. Your training is all geared towards, um, you know, the Olympic Games or the Olympic trials to make it to the Olympics. Um, and in 2020, you find out it's canceled and you have a whole other year to figure out how to, you know, keep at the same, um, you know, level of and quality of swimming, but also not get injured, all of those things. How wh- what did you do during that extra year to ensure that you came to Tokyo um, 2021, um, you know, in, in your prime condition and ready to race and win medals. I mean, multiple medals. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally a fair question. I mean, given, given how infrequently the, the Olympics happen, there's, there's a huge level of motivation that, that we can carry throughout the entire year. And, and in this case, over, over those two years, uh, all of our goals in, in swimming are, are kind of geared towards the Olympics. And so to, to, to be able to, to have an opportunity to go to train for that goal, it's, uh, it, it almost feels like an honor to, to train for it. And so that was, that was really the, the only motivation we needed this year. I wanted to ask about the mental health conversation that's obviously been first and foremost in this, in this Olympic Games. It feels like the athletes were way ahead of us in that conversation, like the, the, the kinds of, the kinds of interviews that you guys are giving, the kinds of, of, of media that's coming out about the Olympics, the various documentaries, it, it, it seems like this is something that has been discussed amongst yourselves um, for a, a lot longer than, than you have discussed it in public. So just talk to me a little bit about what, what is that like to sort of go public with the idea that mental health matters to physical safety and and what what kinds of conversations were you having with teammates before yeah i think as, as athletes in general there's there's definitely been a movement over over these last couple of years just to make sure that that we are taking care of our mental health the same way that that i go to a physical therapist in order to to try to not get injured i'll, I'll talk to a psychologist in, in order to to try to keep myself mentally in a great spot. And so I think there's, there's a lot of work that, that goes in on, on the front end, uh, just to make sure that, that we can handle the pressure of a, of a situation like the Olympics. Um, and, and I do think it's really important that, that people are speaking up about it just to, just to 
communicate to young athletes that, that it's okay. It's yeah. okay to, to feel to feel the nerves, to feel the anxiety. Um, everyone does feel it. What, One of the things what, that we've been talking a lot about is the idea of pressure. So we say the word, it's not like the word trust. We always like, we need trust in a relationship. And then I'm always like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, we say it as a, as a concept, but we don't often define it. When we talk about pressure, I think a lot of people are like, you know, they'll be like, you have to be able to handle the pressure to compete at this level. And I think that's objectively true. But what does it feel like? What does it feel like to be, you know, gearing up for the Olympic Games? I mean, what what comes to my mind is like, I might feel sick to my stomach or, you know, feel like I have to throw up. Like, that's what happens to me when I feel a lot of pressure and anxiety. But what does it feel like as as an elite athlete? Um, You've been preparing to handle the pressure. But when the time comes and you are, you know, you wake up that morning, your alarm goes off the day of competition. What do you do to handle it? And what does it actually feel like in the moment? Yeah, I'm sure everyone kind of has different symptoms that, that go along with, with feeling pressure. For me, I, I'm someone that I do, I'll wake up, I have like a, a knot in my stomach. And, and throughout mm-hmm. the, the whole morning, I'll have, there, there's really no space between thoughts. Like my, my, my thoughts are bouncing everywhere in my head. Um, and, and it's kind of, it, it's kind of a challenge to just focus in on, on the task at hand. And so the ways I, I deal with it is I, I write down my schedule. I, I write mm. it down on the notes in my phone and, and I'm trying to just stick to that schedule throughout the day. That, that gives me something to, to really focus in on. I have a routine when I go to the pool. I, I do a pretty similar warm up. I warm up at a similar time before the race. I'll listen to music just before the race to, to try to kind of influence my emotions. Um, and, and so I think those are, those are kind of the symptoms for me. And, and that's really do, how I do deal with it. What do you listen to? Or is that intensely private? <laughs> no, no, it's not intensely private. It, it honestly changes a little bit. Sometimes it'll be, it'll be punk rock. Sometimes it'll be uh, deep house. Sometimes it's, it's rap. Sometimes it's hard rock. So it, it's, always, it's always bouncing around. It's kind of just what I'm, what I'm feeling in the moment. Nice. I, I, okay, so I want to ask you about Olympic Village because it's different this year. So you got to see the inside. We're all speculating about how odd it must be without spectators in the stands, without your parents coming, without, without the support bubble that you usually get to take to the Olympics, which is, is still pretty minimal. Like you guys are really out there on your own. But like, what, what is it like in Tokyo right now? Like, what is the Olympic Village like? Is it very quiet? Sure. I, I mean, I think everyone, everyone is kind of sticking with their teams. So I, I was, my bubble was, was USA Swimming. Uh, I, I trusted that that everyone in USA Swimming was was doing what they could to to follow protocols, and uh, and so that was really the group that that I was around. And then when you're when you're outside of, of our floor, our USA Swimming had one floor in in the Team USA building. You, you throw on your mask, and and then we go to the dining hall, and, and USA Swimming would sit together. We kind of <laughs> take the spot on on day one, and and we just wandered to that spot when we got into the dining hall. Um, and pretty limited interaction with, with other teams is kind of the, the extent of the interactions was in the elevator in, in the Team USA building. That's when we would see someone from another sport have a quick 30 second conversation and, and then get out of there because we didn't want to we didn't want to be in a situation where if something bad did happen, if someone did end up contracting COVID, 
they were they were tracking our movements. So if you're with someone for more than 15 minutes, you get contact traced. And so we were trying to make sure that that we were wow. always we were always avoiding uh, more than 15 minutes with someone. So this was not the year to change your Tinder location to Olympic Village <laughs> and try to hook up with an I, athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even have Tinder on my phone. Um, I, I got a girlfriend, so uh, <laughs> I stay away from that anyway. It's probably extra safe in a pandemic. <laughs> so I guess we don't need to ask you about the cardboard beds because of the whole the whole girlfriend situation. But was that as uncomfortable as it looked? Uh, I brought a mattress topper, so oh I, I kind of was was prepared. I, I bought like a three inch mattress topper before I went. I was uh, I was nervous about the beds, and the mattress topper did save me a little bit. Okay, good. Oh my gosh, that was so clutch! Did you it's come scary. up with that idea on your own? Or yeah, was it like I did. somebody I did. that I is think one I... of, yeah one of the Smart. one of the perks of, of having been to an Olympics before is is you kind of know what's what's going to be good in a village and what's going to be bad. The the beds and the pillows are typically not the highlight of of the village. <laughs> so I, I brought a mattress topper and I brought my own pillow. That is so smart. Anybody listening out there, put that on Any your future list of Olympians. things that you will need at the Olympics. <laughs> um, because I don't know that I I mean. Not that I'm going to the Olympics, but I do think about those kinds of things. Like, what what will I need when I um when I'm going? Well, do they have it where I'm going? Like, what stores do they have available if I do need a pillow in an emergency? And so it was probably very smart. You know what? I feel like you probably won all of your medals because you were comfortable sleeping, <laughs> while maybe others <laughs> were not. They didn't have, they didn't know um, that they needed um, their own supplies. Um, one of the things I love about the Olympic Games, and we've actually had him on Signal Boost before in studio uh, a couple of years back, and he let me hold his gold medal. So that was a really exciting moment. Like I'm, I look so ridiculous in the photo because I'm so excited. I, it's like the goofy smile. It's not like a cool smile. It's like a, like, you know, that kind of smile. But Rowdy Gaines um, joined us a, a couple of years back, and he is just like a national treasure in terms of calling swimming in the olympic games i mean he's called some of the you know races that we all remember he called this olympic games as we know i mean do do you ever watch back the races that i mean i'm assuming you watch the races you medal or win back um and do you get as tickled by the just joy and and i mean i think we all enjoy the commentary because his excitement sort of is infectious to the people watching at home. Yeah, you nailed it. Rowdy, uh, Rowdy brings the energy every single session and every single event that, that he commentates. He, we're, we're really lucky to have him in, in our sport. And, uh, and, and he's just a great ambassador for the sport. He's really, he is as positive as he seems on, on those broadcasts. He's just an awesome dude. Um, really loves swimming and, and is doing a lot to help push our sport forward. So talk to us about what you're doing now, now that you're back from Tokyo, you're working with Bridgestone to support adaptive sports organizations. Tell us, tell us what that is and what that effort is. Yeah. Yeah. So Bridgestone supports the the Paralympics and, and they work with adaptive sports organizations like Challenge Athletes Foundation to, to help individuals with disabilities experience sport. And so, so upcoming in, in the next couple of months, I am going to be working with Bridgestone on that initiative 
they've, they've donated $125,000 to different adaptive sports organizations. And, and myself and, and the other Bridgestone, Team Bridgestone athletes are gonna participate in some of those events. That sounds like such a good thing to be doing. I mean, it's, it's like, you're sort of, I mean, you're a swimmer, but now you're, you're a role model forever. Like there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> like you got there because you're very good at this one particular thing, but now young athletes are going to look up to you for the rest of your life. So, so the idea that you've, that you've decided to put some of that, that capital towards that, I think is, is really, is really excellent. Yeah. Um, 100%. I've always been someone where, where I have believed that if, if you have had a lot of success, a lot is, a lot is expected of you. And, and I really do enjoy a lot of these philanthropic projects. It, it honestly gives me more than I feel like I, I give the kids. And so it's something that, that I really do enjoy. That's amazing. And the fact that, so do the Olympians actually work with Paralympians also? It feels like those two, the two brands are, are more combined this year than normal. And is that an interaction that happens on, you know, in various sports or with various countries, teams? Are you guys actually able to integrate? Yeah, yeah. And, and while our while our events are, are at separate times throughout the year, we're definitely keeping up with, with the Paralympians uh, in, in my case. I do keep up with the with the Paralympic swimmers. So, so someone like like Team Bridgestone athlete Jessica Long, she's she's going to the Paralympics mm-hmm. in, in a couple of weeks. She's someone that, that I do see every every so often, and and she's going to be someone that I'm really rooting for for these next couple weeks. Do you guys have like a favorite sport that you, or do you have a favorite sport that you pay attention to that might be a surprise? Like, are you like secretly like a a diehard badminton gymnast. fan? Everybody knows gymnastics. <laughs> I, I mean, at this at this games, uh, just given how the how the schedule is, it's it's hard for me to watch the events that overlap with swimming. It was uh, right. it, it's a super busy couple of days That's when true. when we are competing. So, as I was growing up, I I loved the gymnastics. The gymnastics yeah. is is really fun to watch. I always really enjoyed the the beach volleyball track, uh, indoor volleyball. I think is really interesting too. Those are probably my favorites. It's, it's so incredible. cool the the diversity of the sports too. I mean, I I I love that. I don't love that they sometimes don't include sports like softball or baseball, for example, um, and then add them back and then take them away. Like I don't even know who gets to vote on that. Like I'd like to weigh in, but um, <laughs> but I do love that they continually add and evolve. Um, do you do you feel like this Olympic Games? you know, thus far has lived up to the expectations you had going in. I mean, it has to be a roller coaster. I mean, we, st- we sort of started talking about the emotional roller coaster of this particular Olympic Games just because the pandemic and the delay and so many other things too. Um, but what do you do after the Olympics is over? Because you've been sort of gearing up to this big thing. I mean, we work on president, we've worked on presidential campaigns and I feel like there's something similar <laughs> about counting down Every to a day, uh, right? We count down to election day. Um, and then there's sort of like a lull, like, you know, after the election, you're sort of sitting in the office packing up and you're like, what do we do now? <laughs> like, so, so what do you do post Olympics after you get home and you take a nap? Yeah. So I, I'm someone, I, I really truly believe that that people and experiences shape your life. And so the Olympics is 
an incredible experience with, with incredible people. The, the relationships you form as a result of that are, are bonds that, that last a lifetime. So, so coming off the games, it, for me, it's, it's really fun to, to look back at, at pictures on my phone and, and, and then get back in touch with, with some people that I was hanging out with over the Olympics. Team USA Swimming is, is a really, is a really tight knit group. And, and so we were staying in contact all year. Um, and in terms of what's coming up for me, like I'm, I'm going to take some time out of the water, uh, maybe go on some vacations with, with friends. Um, and, and I am really looking forward to, to doing some work with, with my partners and in, including Bridgestone and, and really getting into some of these philanthropic projects that, that they have going on. Brian Murphy, thank you so much for joining us this morning and congratulations on your wins. Thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Absolutely. Anytime. Please get get some sleep. Just go to bed right now. Yes, please. It's okay. It's okay. All just, the naps. Just, just sleep it off. Naps and snacks. <laughs> that jet lag is rough. <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Yep, thank you, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.